From Electric Forest Radio, this is Forest Today. On today's show, we sit down with the String Cheese Incident, who's celebrating their 25th anniversary this year. Often called the Muse of Electric Forest, we caught up with the band during a two-night run in St. Louis in late April to chat about some of their favorite moments over the years, their role within Electric Forest, including the fan-favorite Saturday Shebang, and what you can expect during their three unique sets at this year's festival. Before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe to the Electric Forest Radio Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or visit electricforestfestival.com slash radio. Now, let's head to St. Louis. I want to start by just kind of talking about the 25th anniversary and, and the current tour that you're on since we're in St. Louis right now on the, on the second night of that tour. Um, what, is, what is this milestone mean to you all as as a band um well it's a funny thing i don't know i think it probably means different things to different people personally like a lot this year i've been looking back and going like holy shit we've really done this for 25 years and then when you actually like tell people that it's your 25th year anniversary like the response from people are like wow like that's amazing i can't believe you've been doing it for that long so it's but it's pretty cool to I think it's just to, you know, I don't, you know, it's hard to gauge. There aren't like too many things in your life that you do for that long. Yeah. It's this for me. This is like by far the longest I've done anything, one thing. So it's, um, it's, it's like, um, like, you know, retrospective as well as it is kind of like, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's been kind of a cool acknowledgement of just the amount of time that we've all been doing this together. So it's been, it's been, uh, I don't know what that means to everybody else or people that are seeing us for the first time or whatnot, but it definitely feels like it's a big milestone for us. Are there any um, outstanding moments over those 25 years? I think when we first started realizing uh, what we wanted to do um, and bringing festivals to the people, uh, one of the first things we did that's similar to Electric Forest was um, Horning's Hideout, which is outside of uh, Eugene, I believe, or <clears throat> Portland. And uh, the idea was to kind of bring uh, a festival vibe and a camping vibe to a music festival. And I'm a little less liked when I was growing up, I would go see festivals and you sleep on parking lots <coughs> like the Grateful Dead and, and like at Chase Stadium. You would just sleep on this hard surface. And so we wanted to bring a better um, community around. Really? You'd like go sleep on? Yes. At the Everybody did. Who was all the <laughs> Yes, everybody did that side. So we thought there had to be a better way. And so I think sure. the, the vision of uh, starting with the Oregon Country Fair and then going to uh, Horny's Hideout and then bringing that to Electric Forest was one of the great moments in my life. Well, memorable moments. I am I'm just was remembering about the time the guy flew the jetpack up from behind and over the stage. But he didn't. But he didn't. That was a Bonnaroo. Right. At Bonnaroo, yeah. he attempted to fly the jetpack over, and it was so crushingly loud that we all stopped playing. And I remember kind of like falling to the stage in panic because the volume was so 
Extreme. So for a little, a little background, basically. <laughs> so we had, as one of the things in our band was that when we were playing a lot of these shows is to try to have some kind of gag or something that, did so, like, you know, the idea of doing something special at some of these shows that are unique. And so one year we played Bonnaroo and we had, um, you know, we had like all these big inflatables out in the crowd and then the the piece de resistance <laughs> was this guy that was going to fly in one of those jetpack suits and we didn't really get to check it but nobody told us that the freaking thing was like 140 db which mm. is like basically louder than like any pa anyway and then so when we're playing and the guy's about to take off we have all these open microphones on stage the guy takes off and it goes through the entire pa oh, and, and we all the sound guy playing immediately and if a 747 was taking off. simultaneously we had had a dancer attached to a balloon that was flying over the crowd <laughs> and she passed out and was just hanging her limp off this balloon <laughs> well, in the sky yeah. So she's like hanging out on these like with like a bunch of big helium balloons and we're like and she was dressed in like a moth outfit or yeah. something. We called her Moth Girl. Yeah, but one of my one of my favorite electric forest moments I have to say was when we did um we had we had some big shows there including doing a sh- big show with Lauren Hill and doing a bunch of her material and it was quite an event and was a long time learning and very nerve wracking because she's such a diva but then we you know have this incredible events every saturday night and these huge explosive and that night we had brazilian girls and exploding confetti cannons and things all over the and it was just like an eyegasm beyond measure and we're playing along and lauren hill walks up next to our tour manager todd and says do these guys do this every night and todd says yes miss hill every night (laughs) um I've never asked this, but can we talk about the name? And, no. And it, okay. All right. <laughs> Actually, I've seen, you should ask Travis how he feels about it. Yeah. I've, se- I've seen some various um, allusion or alludes to that on, on the Wikipedia articles and stuff like that. It but was it, a but, very embarrassing event right at the beginning, and we don't really talk about it. There was a lot of farm animals and nudity and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kids will like that. Yeah, yeah, it keeps some, some people guessing. Um, so let's talk about Rothbury and and the fact that you were all there. That and correct me if I'm wrong because I'm just gathering information from a couple different sources. But you weren't playing as a band together the first year at Rothbury, correct? We well, no, the second year. Okay, we played the first year of Rothbury. Um, there was a bunch of us that were there just for side projects and sure. like so other some people had bands that were there and then some of us did like art stuff and and um but yeah we like like a bunch of us a bunch of friends of ours like a lot of our like we introduced a lot of kind of the burning man art element to mm-hmm. Jeremy and these producers yeah. and that year you know we had like all these big big kind of installation art pieces from burning man that we brought out from california like packed in a semi and did that and kind of continued that on for a few festivals that summer but a lot of those connections that were made are like people that have continued on and become kind of the core like team of the installation art electric forest so that's been really cool to watch to see them grow and see what they're capable of now is pretty really it's pretty awesome what what is your day to day involvement with the festival's creation and just you know year to year? Well, day to day, it's not. I mean, it's very much you know our management company and Jeremy Stein, our manager, was kind of the progenitor really of the whole thing. He 
and then he got he like made it all. <laughs> but he is like, uh, you know, our we're not really involved in the day to day thing. In in a lot of ways, it's probably the biggest stretch of a festival for us that we play all year because it's very much an EDM festival, yeah. and we come as. A, a group that's been involved in the kind of creation of it and the vibe of it. And over the years, it's been kind of a big event for us to kind of connect with a whole different kind of fan base. And I think the thing that the, the, the similarity in all the scenes, because in having done this for 25 years, we've also kind of seen like the rise of like the whole jam band thing to the heights that it was at in the early two thousands and even going on into that. And then we, you know, some of us closer than others, like really watched how EDM crossed over into the jam band scene. And then Electric Forest is really kind of the culmination of those two, the cross section of those two scenes. And, and mm-hmm. so it's really cool to watch how, even if there's a bunch of people, you know, teenagers that are coming to the festival who know nothing about us, you know, it's kind of the same vibe that we saw 20 years ago when mm-hmm. we were really starting up our kind of climb into the music biz and and it's cool to see the 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 values kind of stay the values of the crowd stay kind of like rooted in a sense of family and a sense of community and i think that that's probably the most important thing anyway and that's why i'm guessing why most people love coming back to electric forest is that sure not just because it's a great raging party or whatnot so yeah it's that's I mean, that's the benefit of, I guess, us being around for so long as we've been able to see that actually happen. Sure. Um, of course, on, on Saturday of the festival, you have the sort of the culmination of everything with the shebang. Um, how does that how does that come together? Is that, uh, you know, you work with a lot of different artists and, and creators to, to make that happen. But is that a... Is that a you start in July and work the whole year to figure that that's out? A, that's often um, Jeremy Stein and a woman named Nova Han that kind of co-dream up these things. I'm not sure their exact time scale, but they, they, they are the main minds behind it. And they oftentimes just show us weeks before or even at the place. Okay, this is what's happening. Yeah. We're like, okay. All right. <laughs> but it, I think the original seed impetus... Um, like the the original intellectual concept or the was make us a Hornings hideout in the Midwest for twenty thousand people, and there was a bunch of freaks and organ freaks in, in, out there that kind of started the whole shebang concept, which really uh, John Dwork and his whole crew at Peak Experience dreamed up these incredibly elaborate things where they'd clear the field on Saturday night and do this thing, which was kind of the in our world at least the the beginning of that. Sure. And it's obviously grown over the years with drones and everything else last year. So what, uh, what, what piece of advice would you give to a newcomer to electric force or the music concert world at all? Like what, what do you, uh, what, what would you like to say to them? Or I would say to make sure you get to get out into the forest, uh, respect the forest, make sure you see as, as much music that you don't understand as possible. Um, stay up late, go uh, sleep in a hammock, and drink lots of water. Okay. Oh, go talk to yeah, go talk to a bunch of people that you've never met before, <laughs> and and I'm sure you're gonna find yourself heartily entertained and dive deep because there's a lot of really really cool hidden stuff out there 
Uh, let's switch gears and talk about Sound Lab for a bit. And if, uh, if you could tell us, you know, what that is and where that was born from, and and maybe the the latest release. Um, the Sound Lab for us is we've after years and years of not really having a place that was ours for for us to create music, we finally have a studio that is at our disposal, and so. Um, it's kind of become our headquarters and we spent a large part of the early part of 2018 not really being out on the road as much and trying to put as many days in there as possible. And um, the difference for us in years past is that whenever we've gone into the studio, there's been a project in mind that we're trying to finish an album or something. And that would, that would cause us to, oftentimes have you know kind of issues with well what are we trying to do on the album we have this collection of songs that are all sounding different how are we going to make them all sound like they fit on an album and the cool thing about the sound lab for us is that we've really kind of opened it up to just say well we're more into just wanting to release any kind of music that seems appropriate or anything that we're interested in so we have this really wide palette of like everything that we could you know in this band we have a, a lot of different songwriters a lot of different tastes a lot of different styles of music and then beyond that, we also have this whole huge music community of people that we've always wanted to maybe do some tracks with or whatnot. And so now we have the opportunity to kind of do any and all of it. And so in this last year and a half, and this will continue to do so, we've kind of just opened up the whole spectrum of what the possibility of releases are. We've released some collaborations with like people like Beats Antiques guys. Um, we did like an electronic collaboration with these these guys from LA and then we've also been doing like songwriter type stuff with like Keith um, worked with this, this songwriter, Baylor Rax, Rax, <laughs> Raylan Baxter <laughs> from Nashville. And then Billy did the same thing, worked with a songwriter and we're going to be releasing. Um, he's an old friend of ours from Nashville. And so we've kind of run the gamut. All these releases have been, some have been super rootsy, acoustic type things. Others have been fully electronic, um, EDM type things, and then anything in between. Um, There's a lot of tracks that are just full down the kind of like fastballs for SCI, like stuff that we've kind of like co-created over the years. So it's just allowed us to have a lot of um, room to create. And then do it at our own leisure, which is another thing that's kind of nice because a lot of times when you're in the studio, there's this kind of like hidden pressure of needing to get it done and, and do all that. And so the lab is really, it's that. It's a, it's a place where we can experiment and it's a place where we can incubate and just kind of formulate all kinds of crazy stuff and see what happens. Great. Uh, so if somebody has never seen or heard of you before... Uh, how do how do you preview yourselves? Uh, I guess uh, having like the maybe the most open of minds uh, first of all to um, to explore a wide range of music going in with that openness already, and then um, and one thing that I've noticed when I have uh, say like family members uh, come or or people that. I know that are from completely different music and social scenes. And they're like, oh, let's hear the band that you've been playing with all, all these years is, um, is how, how much fun it is to be like in the audience, to be like a, an audience member. So there's so many times um, 
when people go to concerts, you know, they're maybe with the people that they're standing with and they don't know anybody else around them. And they're having their own sort of concert experience where I know when uh, my family members have gone, even if people don't know that they're part of my family, <clears throat> all of a sudden there will be people that are giving uh, uh, like my nephews some either like glow sticks or just being really nice. And all of a sudden it's this whole other world. I have some pretty conservative people in my family too. And all of a sudden like, Oh wow. Just, just a whole gathering of really nice people that are looking at each other and smiling and <clears throat> wanting to dance with you and wanting to participate. And if you, especially if on top of that, if you're going into it with an open mind, like I don't know what kind of music I'm going to see or that, if, or thinking that you're going to see a little bit of everything, a little bit of bluegrass, a little bit of funk, a little bit of electronic music. Um, that uh, that is just going to be a wide range of experience. But I think one of the things, uh, the very first impressions is just how nice it is to be in the audience and, uh, you know, and having that feeling of like, what's this little community <laughs> I stumbled upon where, you know, where a lot of random people, you know, are enjoying each other's uh, company. And uh, me being in the audience of other bands, even in this scene, it's uh I, it's really a, a different experience even within that because some of the other um, bands in our scene, for some reason, uh, String, String Cheese has really cultivated the um, audience interacting with each other and really um, it's not just a one-way, you know, looking at the band. It's like how do we get everyone that's around us to feel the same joy that we're getting from the band that we're listening to. Uh, any other things to look forward to? Uh, at Electric Forest this summer that you want to preview or is that all under under locks? Well we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna switch it up. Yeah, sure, let's talk about that secret set we're doing. Yeah, the secret set. Perfect. No, we're we're gonna switch it up this year because it's going back to one weekend format. It's gonna be a little different for us. That you know, we haven't quite figured out what that's going to be, but um, yeah, expect some surprises from our sets, and then hopefully some cool collaborations. And then yeah, we're looking forward to it. We're gonna get through. You know, our years generally tend to, we'll we'll kind of bite into that apple in a little bit of time, but we're looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs>